0: Hey, everybody. It's your boy. He's back. I'm your boy again. Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of this great Cinema Draft game. Coming at you with a weekend review and talent pool preview for this upcoming week and this past weekend. Let's just get into it. <clears throat> uh, oh, and I guess, I guess I'll guess i preface this review real quick with, uh, uh, with a movie review of Valerian. I had a busy week of movies. I m- busy week in the movies. I went and saw Girls Trip, which was a riot and definitely overperformed at 31.2 million. Uh, I saw it uh, after lock on Thursday night. It was great. I saw Dunkirk, which was incredibly intense uh, Friday morning uh, in D box, and then I saw Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets Saturday afternoon, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> I like Luke Besson. Dude's got, I mean, he's, he's got skill. I mean, he, he does some things, like, really well. He's French. He, he's definitely very good at being a Frenchman. <laughs> he likes his action flicks. I think he did the, what was it the Transporter? Did he do the Transporter series? Yes, he did the Transporter series. Nikita. Uh, he did, um, uh, what's the other one I like? Uh, uh, Taken, or, you know, he wrote Taken, Taken 2, all sorts. I mean, he's a fun uh, writer director you know, Columbiana that was a fun little screenplay uh, movie uh, starring Zoe Saldana I mean you know he, he's done some stuff these oh, writing credits as a director was he was he directed fifth element is what he's most known for that and the professional um, back in the day that kind of got Nellie Portman her start Um uh, Jean Reno as well. I mean, just really good, just really good stuff, right? It's really, you know, he's got some some good actions. Lucy, Lucy was fun and great. And apparently, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets was a labor of love of his. He's had this in his head for like twenty years or something. Guess he had the courage to to do it after he saw um, uh, Avatar by James Cameron. And you can definitely feel some Avatar influences. Uh, I did see it in three D. I mean, which made it slightly more interesting, but I'm I'm telling you, this movie is just bad. And I mean, and namely because you know, Dane DeHaan plays like this broke ass Han Solo, who's just I mean, wisecracky without the dialogue. Uh, it's it's just not a fun movie. It's not. And it, oh wow, is this, that is that is girl? Okay, that might be his wife. All right, well done, well done. <laughs> Look where his hand is. Well done, Luke. Uh, and, I mean, visually, it is pretty spectacular. Like, it's it's. You know what this reminds me of? This movie reminds me of a <laughs> ah, the Chocolate Cardinal, aka the WBW, aka Kevin Garnett is going to love my reference to this. This reminds me of like a high tech belly. It looks pretty. It looks really good, but it is not about a damn thing. It's not. And this guy, he's smart-alecky. He thinks he's really handsome. He thinks he's just, like, just the shit. And he's just not – I mean, nothing in this movie proves that this guy is, you know, is, like, you know – uh, a Han Solo love child. He's just not, and it's really annoying because he he starts off the, the entire thing with like this like this swagger that's totally unearned. At least with Han Solo, we suit we saw him shoot that you know, Greedo early on, so we know this guy's a scoundrel. We know this guy's a smuggler. We know this guy got is earned his bona fides. Is, is like a bit of a, a bit of a rogue. This guy just kind of walks in like, yeah, I'm a badass. No, you're not. You're not a badass, dude. You're Dane DeHaan. You're like that creepy dude from the Amazing Spider Man. I don't know what to tell you. Anyways, I, you kind of miscast. Um, Likes it's really pretty. And, and look, Rihanna, I mean, she's got a really good performance, like an actual show, a show set piece in the middle of the movie that's fun. But otherwise, I mean, this movie's trash. Not feeling it. One reel out of four. Sorry, Luke. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's not come off like the way you thought it would. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. So this movie, I think, it came in fifth place. People are already roasting it. Uh, what was it? Um, people are already roasting it as far as like, oh, that's uh, okay. It's not showing me what I wanted to see. Anyways, uh, people are roasting it for fifth place finish. I mean, I apparently this thing cost a hundred and fifty million to make, so it's it, it's probably gonna bomb. I mean, and and if we go back to our our movie economics, it basically takes roughly two point seven eight times of films budget for it to break even. So it, this thing's going to need to pull in 417 million worldwide. I do not see that happening. Um, you know what? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on it. Let's, let's move on. So anyways, so let's review a few call sheets and take a quick look at the weekend coming up talent pool. All right. So of course, we're going to focus in on the feature presentation. This is where the big money is, where people should be submitting their best strategies. And the winner of the feature presentation this week is a tie between Michael Vellante and Gamble24x7. So let's take a look at their duplicate call sheets. And it was real tight. It seemed to be the prevailing strategy this week was was to have a headliner stack of Dunkirk like they do with Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy and to have a five pack of Girls Trip. And Girls Trip did overperform 31.2 million at the box office which translates into 43.68 headliner points at 1 point per million per actor with a 40% bonus and they also did a a a, a two pack of 47 meters down and Wonder Woman, uh, uh, non-headliner from Wonder Woman. Cheapest they could afford, 7,500, is either gonna be Elena Anaya or Florence Kasumba. They went with Elena. There you go. All right, so, and and so that totaled 340.60 points. Uh, And very solid strategy. as much as they gave me crap in the group chat for my love of girls trip going into the weekend, uh, it, going with girls trip turned out to be like a pretty you know wise strategy. It's you know if you had you know if, uh, if you had this this construction with with basically a uh, a seven actor combination of five girls trip five girls trip and uh, two, a headliner stack of Dunkirk actors, you're you're in the running for for winning the week. And so very very solid construction. 47 meters down uh, did well. It did, what did it do? Do we have box office working right this past weekend? Okay, yes, okay, good. We did. These are off the estimates, they didn't update. But, uh, but basically, um, uh, 47 meters down just kind of held on. Like, I mean, 440,000, pretty strong debut in platform release. I think it was the highest performer in platform release. So it's a good job. Good job by them. Uh, so yeah, so excellent call sheet. I like it. I like it a lot. Well played. But strangely enough, was not the call sheet of the week. And let's take a look real quick at what was the call sheet of the week. Uh, it actually turned out, turned out to be in the gaffer. And it was another tie. This tie went uh, was between ring balls 22 and Smart Ash. Smart Ash, one of my favorite players. She, she's been uh, hanging in there uh, week in, week out. Uh, very, very strong player. I think she took a little break for a while, but it seems like she's back. Back and in effect. But yes, they had 340.76 points. So they, oh my God, this is how tight it was. They won. Their, their duplicate call sheet won by... Only, oh, this is amazing, by only .16 points for Call Sheet of the Week. How amazing is that? That's freaking incredible. So, yeah, so congratulations to both of them for Call Sheet of the Week, Ring Balls 22 and Smart Ash. Take a quick look at their call sheet. because It's pretty amazing just how they squeaked it, squeaked it out. And, of course, they had the, the construction with the, with the headliner stack of Dunkirk and the five-packet girls trip. Uh, they had, but here's here's the difference. So they they also had they had Florence Kasumba from from Wonder Woman. So they matched that with the Elena Anaya for the cheapest non-headliner from Wonder Woman. And then this is where they won the week by the slimmest of margins. They went bargain basement. Palm Clementif from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. She's the cheapest you can get in that in in that uh. Uh, from that movie, platform release. And then they were able to spring for a headliner from Madi, which made, what did Madi do? Madi made, oh, next weekend, there we go. Madi made 400, sorry, 390,000. What'd you do, Madi? 391,000 <clears> on 233 screens. And with the headliner bonus, that was the difference. What a what an incredible performance by Ring Balls twenty two and Smart Ash. Just I mean, because I mean, I always say it always tends to come down to something in platform release, and this time it did. But it came down to two actors in platform release from movies in platform release that, and just this little detail, just getting the extra forty percent bonus for Mahdi you know, and and essentially punting. That last 5000 dollars slot was the difference. And when it came to like my call sheet, and you know, and, and I, you know, in and, and, and my call sheet, I had that similar construction. I was just off the pace. Oop, that's is that from last week? Oh, that's from last week. My call sheet from uh, from the the feature presentation, which to be honest with you, was strong, but I took a chance on a wild card, didn't pay off. Uh, I took a chance on the black prints, otherwise, I had similar types of designs. Yeah, here it is. I came in seventh. Freaking sucks. <laughs> came in seventh. Uh, there we go. 338.06 points. Had a similar construction. I had the headliner from Maudie, but what cost me everything was the freaking black prints. It did not show up on, on a Box Office Mojo. Just totally asked that. Did not register. I don't know what happened. I th- think it was on 41 screens. I, th- I took a shot. It didn't pan out uh, and getting the minimum score there because everyone's guaranteed at least the minimum score the minimum score in platform release one point per hundred thousand if it doesn't register you get one point or if you have a headliner 1 point four zero points I had uh, this this is pains me and I was off by little over two points and whereas if I had guardians or anything like that I could have you know snuck in there. Painful, painful, y'all. But that's what happens when you take a, a shot on one of these foreign-focused films. They could give you everything or they give you nothing. It's very banger, uh, boomer bust, very boomer bust. So congratulations again to, to Smart Ash and Ring Balls 22 for being Call She the Week. I mean, just inspiring performance, 0.16 points separated uh, call sheet the week, and they're splitting a $50 bonus. Uh, the $25 bonus rollover from last week was $50 this week, so they're splitting that. Uh, don't spend it all in one place or do. It's only $25 each. All right, so in third place was Smee. Is it a coincidence that Smee has been a top five performer since he's joined the group chat? I'm trying to tell you all, join that group chat, where can you find it? Go to our Facebook page, go to the notes section, and it is a sticky up here. There it is. Join our group chat. Click the link, and it'll take you right there to Marcus Graham's secret of of his salmon. (laughs) There you go. Join that group chat. We are giving away game for free. Straight up. All right. So anyways, back to the call sheet. Smee had the conventional construction. Uh, and then also, but his difference was he went with two headliners from 47 meters down, but that cost him some. So he had to skimp in the area of his limited release, his obligatory limited release, which he went with a headliner from Larry the Cable Guy. It was close at 340.36 points, but he was just 0.4. No, sorry. He was just 0.4 points off the call sheet of the week, and he was just uh, 0.24? Yeah, just point two four points out of first by having to go with Larry the Cable Guy. And I don't know, I mean, not much you could have really done there if he decided to go with two headlines from 47 meters down. It was a bold play. 6.30 points, but to be honest with you, we, we, we called it, I mean, Wonder Woman was going to be the movie you wanted from limited release, as it did, what did Wonder, Wonder Woman do? It did 4.6 points, far and away, far and away the leader in limited release. Especially, and look at all those screens too, almost just under 2,000 screens and 1,971 screens. So, Wonder Woman was the one you wanted, and that and getting, uh, well, you get 12.91 points for a headliner. A non headliner gave you 9.22 points, and that proved to be the difference. All right, so where else are we going? Um, go back one. Okay, uh, Ring Balls. His other call sheet uh, that was not call sheet of the week. Three hundred forty points even. He had the he had the optimal construction. Plus he uh, also with Wonder Woman. And then where he differed was he had non headliners from Motti, uh and forty seven meters down. And yeah, that's what and that's kind of what cost him a few, well, I mean, not, much, I mean, once again, st- ah, so tight. Uh, that's what cost him, I guess, the, the 0.60 difference between first, between a tie for first and fourth place money. Uh, so good job there. And you can see he was kind of, he was clearly tinkering with what he thought was the optimal construction with those top seven actors. And he's kind of tinkering on the edges, um, which is eventually what led him to get call sheet of the week in the gaffer. Uh, and then rounding out the top five, the God of Cheese, you know, consistently strong performer. Love his play of late. He also had the conventional construction plus a two-pack of non-headliners in Madi and Wonder Woman, and that was good for three hundred and thirty-nine point four zero points. So as you can see, it's just little tweaks on the on the end, little tweaks on the side that kept you between first and. I is fifth or whatever, and then as you can see, Smart Ash just just outside the top five herself. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at Thomas Sampson. Not sure who this player is, but he's been playing of late. Last few weeks, you know, we appreciate your play, Thomas Sampson. And yeah, Thomas, uh, decent call sheet. He has a, a girl strip headliner stack, uh, two pack from Spider-Man: Homecoming, non headliners. Uh, Will Ferrell from the House, uh, John Turturro, Landline, Gall Gadot from Wonder Woman, which is a little pricey uh, at limited release, and Tom Hardy from Dunkirk as a headliner, and then what really cost him was a headliner stack from Our Time Will Come, which uh, I mean it rated so low. So check this out: it rated so low that it didn't even it only made twenty eight hundred on the week. So here's my sheet. So I put in point zero zero three, and then the system was rounded to zero, so I got the minimum score of one point or one point four zero per headliner. So he kind of got screwed with uh, "our time will come." Just not performing at all. It was on seventeen screens, and that sucker just—I mean—just dive bombed, dive bombed into twenty-eight hundred, you know, you know, uh, twenty-eight hundred in total growth. That per screen, twenty-eight hundred total, and it didn't even register on. Box Office Mojo, I don't believe. Uh, yeah, being didn't register. I had to go to the numbers.com to find any box office data on this. Yeah, there we go. The, 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 the numbers.com to even find anything on it. Full weekend chart. See, I mean, and then find our time. Yeah. $2,840. That's just embarrassing, man. That's embarrassing. I mean, and at that time I scored, could not find anything for yeah, the black print. So ah, we're just SOL on that one, y'all. Just SOL. Okay, so let's go back here. So so a bit of a scatter shot call sheet, a little unfocused. Uh getting non-headliners from Spider-Man were gonna cost you. You need to double up on Dunkirk. And then, I mean, it was risky. I mean, our time will, will come. I mean, maybe he's just punting salary there. Uh, but, you know, that eventually, that left a bit of a hole in, in his call sheet in a week where, as you can see, it came down to just one or two different slots on your call sheet that, you know, provided the the big money. But either, either way, we love to continue to play. Thomas Sampson, hope you're listening and learning from these, these podcasts. We're here for not just content marketing, but also to help you improve your play okay so let's take a look real quick at some of the new entrance into the call sheet this week atomic blonde can't wait can't wait i think we're going to go to a screening of it uh tuesday night so looking forward to that the emoji movie eh, uh i guess it's going to do what's going to do not very much looking forward to that an inconvenient sequel truth to power is going to be on only four screens but honestly since it's got all that name wreck with al gore and of stuff I wouldn't be surprised if this thing did like, you know, gangbusters. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this sucker did like 200,000 just off four screens. Just watch. It's going to do really big business compared relatively for its uh, release. Briggs v. Bear couldn't really find much on. I think it's going to be on two screens. So all I could find on moviephone.com. Uh, let's just actually, I, I got a new resource today in the group chat. Thanks again, uh, Ring Balls. Always come with the quality information. Showtimes.com. Is, is that a site? That is a site. Okay, so, and then search Briggsby Bear. He's going to show us, like, where it's showing. Will that do that for us? Uh, show times, uh, fine. I not necessarily want near me, but just anywhere. Okay, so it's, it's playing the following states, New York and California. New York, it's going to be in, where is it going to be? All right, so yeah, one screen, and then go back to California. Oh, Hollywood, so that's two screens, and then, okay, so three screens. My bad, I shall change that. It's going to be on three screens. Either way, not a lot of screens, and it's going to be priced accordingly. Brigsby Bear, there we go, three screens. Uh, From the land of the moon. It's an indie. It's going to be on two screens. You might want to avoid that one. And then we're also adding Lady Macbeth. It's been out there for about three weekends. This will be its third weekend now. Uh, and it's been making a little money. Look at it. Check it out. Lady Macbeth, $125,000, $3,100 per screen. Um, and, and you know, we all know that the best part of Macbeth, you know, was not Macbeth. It was Lady Macbeth, his, his uh, power-hungry wife who was, you know, spurring him on to – to a uh, warlike ambition. Uh, so I mean I'm kind of curious about that. I might not go out and see it in the theater, but you know it's, uh, it' it sounds interesting. It seems like people are, are digging it. So it's been steadily increasing its in screens 221,000 to date. so it might be something to keep your eye on. And when it comes to to actor salaries, I'll just kind of gloss over these real quick. Uh, you know, as you can see, we're starting real super low with in- in- Inconvenient SQL only because it's only on four screens, Atomic Blonde. Uh, so I'm getting mixed messages on Atomic Blonde. So when you go to a site like hsx.com, which I use to help set some actor, some uh, actor salaries at times, I mean, it looks like they have a pretty big opening weekend. Well, I, well, you know, actually, it looks like it's it's actually ticked up a little bit. 28 million. They don't like its overall long term longevity, which I just, I mean, to be honest, I, I just think it's sexist. All the, ser- I mean, seriously, all the footage I've seen from Atomic Blonde has been off the charts. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 77%. Okay, well, it's still fairly. Early, but around tomatoes, pretty good, pretty decent score for a hard R action flick. I mean, I don't I just I mean 28 million seems pretty good. And then when you compare it to the emoji movie, and also, and of course, on HSX.com, one dollar in price is equivalent to one million in box office. Emoji movie only 31 million. So that's why, and and then if once you factor in uh, holdover competition from from your uh, <clears throat> from your Dunkirk's of the world, uh, from Girls Trip a little bit. Although Girls Trip, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw fifteen if you saw a fifty percent drop. That's just what it's going to be. I mean, comedies like that, you know, tend to be somewhat front loaded. in um, you know, Dunkirk. Uh, I mean, the, the Emoji movie I put at 15, starting starting fifteen thousand, all the way up to sixteen thousand seven hundred for tj miller's headline this is going to be a weekend where it's going to be super messy there's gonna be a lot of movies in that 20 to 25 million range so you're not going to see a lot of separation between the top ranked movie and then atomic blonde although if there is a sleeper in this entire in in this entire joint i think it's going to be atomic blonde this one has potential to do like a 40 million and have all these you know Dotty old box pronosticators, these you know closet sexists, these these closet, you know, haters. You'd be like, oh, I didn't know, you know, uh, a female, you know, assassin, James Bond-like type movie could do this well. I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we did 40 million. Actually, if anything, I'm probably gonna stack up on some Atomic Blonde only because conventional wisdom might be going with more dunkirk or some, or somewhere else and 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 just i mean i still think it's going to compete with the emoji movie is the wild card though the emoji movie it's animated it's uh well, it's it's animated i mean it's got it's original ip to an extent kind of cashes in on oops sorry on a did not mean that uh kind of cashes in on our sorry i made a mistake on my uh my spreadsheet there for the podcast listeners. Uh, But it kind of cashes in on our love of social media and emojis. And I just don't, I mean, this is what I'm I'm not really sure about. Do kids care about emojis? Like, do kids, like, under the age of 13 who really aren't on social media are not allowed to be on social media, do they care about, like, smiley faces and emojis and stuff? I mean, I don't have any kids, but are parents actually sending emoji faces to their... To there, seven or eight-year-old, you know, who tend to be the target market for these type of movie. Like, I don't know. I, I can't call it, so I don't know if it's going to do what they think it's going to do. Um, the voice cast is fine, I have no problem. T.J. Miller is crazy. His his uh, promotional tour, you know, I mean, you, you see him on, on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, he's just acting a fool, so I don't know. So that's why these are all kind of conservatively priced. There might be some some hidden value all throughout this this week. But otherwise, the newcomers and platform release are pretty much bargain basement. You know, minimum price five thousand and on up. Uh, so you know, just just look for those values out there this weekend. There's going to be some value to be had. Definitely some value to be had. And I'll go over it some more during the shot list with the Wednesday hour-long pod, uh, and we'll, we'll 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 walk through it together. We'll talk through it together. All right, so thanks, everybody, for listening for to the Weekend Review and uh, Talent Pool Preview. Uh, it's been your pleasure to be your boy again. I see I've got the audio working this time, so <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening, for subscribing, follow us on all of our social media, uh, subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your, sound, your podcast from. And, as always, why don't you go see a movie or something?